I love beating Spurs. So do I, sir. I love hearing their fans whine. It's not fair. Little Watford are meant to be little. It's not fair. They don't like it up, sir. Exactly, my boy. Whenever we take the game to the big teams, we... Hey, what's going on? Look, sir, the ball's frozen in mid-air, sir. And the players have stopped. They're like statues. The whole crowd, too. The match has got stuck, sir. Oh, that's better, sir. Everything's moving again. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, dear. What's going on, sir? This is terrible, sir. Horny heaven is on the blink, sir. Hornet Heaven Series 8 Episode 4 The Power of Love Written by Ollie Wicken Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2018-19 In mid-September 2018 a fortnight after their 2-1 win at home to Spurs Watford Football Club were level top of the Premier League, with four wins from four games. A perfect record. But in the afterlife paradise of Hornet Heaven, things weren't perfect. On the afternoon of Saturday the 15th, Bill Mainwood, Hornet Heaven's head of programmes, and Derek Garston, his 13-year-old assistant, arrived in the atrium to report the problem they'd just witnessed to Henry Grover the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. The father of the club was reclining blissfully on one of the yellow sofas. On seeing Bill and Derek, he said, Ah, there you are. You know, I've been thinking, chaps. This season has started so well, I can't help wondering if now is the time to stop being a Watford fan. You know... Bow out at the top with a 100% record for the season intact. Retire undefeated before we play United this evening. Derek replied, What are you talking about, Mr Grover, sir? You can't stop now. This might be the season we win a serious trophy, Mr Grover, sir, for the first time ever, sir. This is the time to step up your support, Mr Grover, sir. We can beat United, Mr Grover, sir. Bill said, I tend to agree with Derek, Henry, but I'm afraid there are more pressing matters to discuss. We have worrying news. We've just been back to watch the win over Spurs from two weekends ago, and it was the fourth time we've watched it, Mr Grover, sir, because we can't get enough, Mr Grover, sir. I don't blame you, young man. Beating Spurs is rather Moorish. Henry, you need to hear this news. We were... At the game and... Derek, what minute of the game was it? Derek? Derek! Derek was gazing distractedly across the atrium at Daisy Meridin. The fair-haired 14-year-old with whom he danced at Halloween parties for the last three years. Since 2015, he hadn't plucked up the courage to go near her unless they were both wearing costumes. Derek! Pay attention, boy. What, what, sir? Oh, sorry, sir. Bill and Derek described to the father of the club how there had been a glitch in the Spurs match, causing it to stop and start fitfully, like one of those dodgy internet streams they'd heard about. The news shattered Henry's bliss. Good golly! We've had this happen in Hornet Heaven before. May 27th, 2013, Mr Grover, sir. Shortly before the playoff final against Palace, Mr Grover, sir. The day the atrium suddenly appeared in Hornet Heaven, Mr Grover, sir. Ah, yes. The time of the upgrade. If I remember rightly, wasn't the glitch something to do with the software that runs this whole place? 
correct, Henry. A chief executive took charge of Hornet Heaven, and, oh, I remember him. Ponytail. Ghastly man. And the glitches occurred when he was uploading changes to match footage. He was falsifying the games we were watching, so we thought that Watford were winning every game. Just like we're winning every game now, in actual reality. Uh, why are you looking at me like that, Bill? Derek? Have I missed something? It's nearly a century since I did arithmetic at school, Mr. Grover, sir. But even I can still put two and two together. What? What haven't I worked out? If he was tampering with games back then, Henry, he may be tampering with them now. Derek and I are worried that in the real world we might not have a 100% record after all. Good Lord! My word, by Jove and good Lord! Right, this won't do. We need to find the pony-tailed charlatan. Bill asked around. He learned that after disappearing in May 2013, the former chief executive had moved into a hospitality suite in the Upper Graham Taylor stand. Bill went to confront him. He made his way through the sparkling white-walled reception of the executive club. He climbed the spacious and spotless staircase to the third floor. He passed through the swanky gallery restaurant and down the sleek white corridor. He knocked on the door of the FX Pro Suite and went in. The former chief executive was reclining with his feet up on a black leather Chesterfield in front of a window overlooking the Vicarage Road pitch. The man was exactly as Bill remembered him, in his early forties, wearing a sharp suit, with dark hair tied back in a ponytail. The appropriate word to describe the man, Bill thought, was oily. Nor had the former chief executive forgotten Bill from the events of May 2013. Well, 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 if it isn't the soppy old fool who ran that ramshackle program hut. Good God, I enjoyed sacking you. Oh, well, that's not very nice. There you go. Nice. As if anyone gets anywhere by being nice. Use your eyes, old man. Do you really think Gino Pozzo has transformed this stadium and this whole club by being nice? Well, I... He's doing what I wanted to do to Hornet Heaven. Do you remember my vision? A premier paradise? Gino's creating one down on Earth. All he's needed to do is get the on-field results to match. And this season, he started. We are winning every game. Winning. Winning. As well as the clothes and the ponytail, Bill recognised the slightly crazed look in the former chief executive's eye. Well, I have to admit, we are all enjoying it. See? I was right all along. Yes, I was cheating things a bit, but the end fully justified the means. It was a disgrace that mob rule won the day and I was hounded out of my job by the residents. Football fans are stupid and ignorant. Always have been, always will be. Bill wanted to stay in this man's presence for as short a time as possible. He saw the opportunity to ask the question he'd come to ask. So, you've never been tempted to take power again? The former chief executive put his hands behind his head and stretched out further on the settee. Look at me. Happily holed up in hospitality. Gino Pozzo is doing all the work for me. I don't need to lift a finger. Normally, every ounce of plasma in Bill's body would have told him not to trust a chancer like this. But he believed the man. The former chief executive was so oily, so unctuous, so oleaginous that schmoozing in a sweep for the rest of eternity was completely in character. Bill turned on his heel and left. The glitches in the Spurs game must have been caused by something, 
or someone else. Bill went back to the atrium. This time he went up the grand staircase. He climbed to the top floor, knocked on the door of the IT department and went in. Roy from IT was there. He nudged his glasses higher and said, Hello, Bill. You got a problem? Bill told Roy about the glitches he'd seen when revisiting the Spurs game from two Sundays ago. Roy turned to his computer screen. Rapid fire, he tapped the keys on his keyboard. Hmm, could be all kinds of things. Probably a fuel problem. A fuel problem? What's fuel got to do with anything? Huh, you think Hornet Heaven runs on thin air, do you? I don't know. It's a heaven. Does it need an energy saucer? I've never thought about it. Tsk. Typical. No one ever thinks about the technical side. But as soon as something goes wrong, it's Roy, fix this. Roy, you're useless. Roy, I'm going to stick those spectacles so far up you... Yes. I get the picture, Roy. So, do you think it is a fuel problem? I'd be very surprised if we're running low at the moment. Roy stopped tapping his keyboard. He nudged his spectacles again and put his nose close to the screen. Cripes. What? We have got a fuel problem. A massive fuel problem. Too little of it. But you said too much of it. Far too much. Those glitches you saw will be the system choking. You know, like car engines used to, back in our day down on Earth. I see. Well, you... Just need to reduce the flow of fuel, then. Easier said than done. Why? Because of what the fuel is. What is it? Diesel? Unleaded? Love. I beg your pardon? Love. The same thing that transports every resident of Hornet Heaven here in the first place. Love for Watford Football Club. Hornet love. Golly, I never knew. But I suppose it makes sense. Love powers the games. It powers the atrium. It powers Occupation Road. It powers you and me. Our entire afterlife depends on it, but it needs to be flowing within certain margins. Gosh, I see... Have there been problems before? Well, Hornet Heaven has been extremely low on love in the past. Golly, I bet we were running on fumes when Jack Petchy was chairman of the club. But we've never had too much love before. It must be because of our 100% record in the Premier League. People are loving our start to this season at highly dangerous levels. Dangerous? How do you mean? Roy peered even closer at the screen. He wrinkled his nose. System critical. I reckon if Watford carry on winning like this, the whole of Hornet Heaven will crash. What? That sounds terrible. Would you be able to reboot it? <laughs> reboot it? Really, Bill? From inside the system that's crashed? Of course not. If we do well against Man United later, there'll be so much love flooding Watford's way that Hornet Heaven will go down forever. Bill staggered out of the IT office. He felt numb with shock. Shakily, he reached for the banister and made his way back down the grand staircase. He was finding it hard to process the enormity of what he'd just been told. The Manchester United game could be the last one he, or anyone in Hornet Heaven, would see. There would be no more afterlife for the generations of Watford souls already in this paradise. No afterlife in future for the generations down on earth. There would be no more Hornet Heaven. The thought 
brought Bill to a halt. A few steps down the staircase, he stopped and gripped the banister with both hands to steady himself. Trying to deal with the news, he peered down over the rail into the main part of the atrium several floors below. It was teeming with deceased Watford fans. Happy deceased Watford fans. Fetching programmes for old games and chatting excitedly about the season so far. These people all assumed what Bill himself had been assuming until a moment ago. They believed the bliss of being in Hornet Heaven was eternal. But it wasn't, Bill now knew. They were all going to die again. At the bottom of the staircase, Bill found Henry and solemnly ushered him into the programme office behind the atrium's programme shelves so that they were out of everyone else's earshot. I say, what's up, old thing? You look like you've seen a ghost. Ha! See what I did there? We're all ghosts because we're all dead. Bill turned even paler than he already was. He asked Henry to sit down. I'm afraid you need to compose yourself to receive some terrible news. Henry sat down. I don't quite know how to break this gently, Henry, so I'll just say it. It looks like our afterlife is about to come to an end. Golly, we've reached the end of eternity. That was quick. How time flies when you're having fun. Oh, well, at least we're finishing with a flourish. It's like I was saying before, we can retire undefeated this season. Over the years, Bill had often marvelled at Henry's ability to take a breezy approach to truly awful news. But Bill wasn't marvelling now. He took off his spectacles and rubbed his eyes, wondering how to get Henry to comprehend the true gravity of the situation. As he rubbed, he didn't notice Derek enter the room. Bill looked up and tried again with Henry. Henry, we haven't reached the end of eternity, but our afterlife is ending, probably tonight. The real world will continue, but Hornet Heaven won't exist. We won't exist. What? Bill turned and saw his 13-year-old assistant. Derek burst into tears. <laughs> it's not fair, sir. I'm only young, sir. Derek had been young in Hornet Heaven for 97 years, but Bill didn't feel the moment was right to point this out. There's <laughs> so much I, I haven't done yet, sir. Bill wasn't quite sure what Derek meant. In Hornet Heaven, the 13-year-old had been to every single match Watford had played since the club was founded in 1881. To Bill's mind, the boy had led the fullest and richest afterlife possible. <laughs> it's so not fair, sir. No football fan wants to die mid-season because it means they won't find out what happens. But it happened to me last time, and now it's going to happen again, with Watford level top of the Premier League. We can't die now, sir. You've got to do something, sir. You've got to do something. Henry tried to help. Is this one of those problems you could fix with one of your magical history tours, Bill? Bill looked at Henry. He looked at Derek. Sometimes, in a crisis, they were totally useless. He was going to have to shoulder the burden of trying to save Hornet Heaven himself. He left the office with a firm instruction to the others. What I've told you must stay within these four walls. Bill cleared his mind and returned to the IT department. If he was going to save Hornet Heaven before the United game started, he needed more information on the nature of the fuel problem. He sat down next to Roy and said, There must be a way we can control the supply of Hornet love to the system. Surely. It was all set up long before I arrived. No one provided a manual, as always, but I can try and explain how it works. 
Roy leaned forward towards his computer screen and tilted his head. These blooming very focal glasses, I've never got used to them. He pointed to two digital dials. Look, there are two sources of Hornet love. This dial shows the levels of love in Hornet Heaven, and this dial shows the love in the land of the living. I see. Internal and external, if you like. Exactly. In the early days of Hornet Heaven, when there weren't so many matches to visit, the love we generated up here ourselves could sustain everything, but as time went on, and the number of matches grew, the system needed more Hornet love than the residents could provide. We reached crisis point about a decade ago when the internal supply nearly dried up. Because the club was totally unlovable. Don't tell me. The last days of Boothroyd. Exactly. That was when the external supply was added to keep us going. Bill tried to read the dials. There was a lot of gobbledygook data surrounding them and buttons with words he didn't understand. There's an awful lot of computery language but the colours on the display told Bill everything he needed to know. The internal dial had reached a medium red danger level, but the external dial was in the dark red, with virtually no headroom left. Roy pointed to the external dial and said, This is an amazingly high reading. There must be more Watford fans than ever out there, all around the world perhaps. Plus a fair bit of extra love from fans of other clubs when they see Watford competing with the big six clubs this season. So, if the love coming from the real world is what could kill us, can we control its flow in any way? It'll reduce if we start losing, I suppose, but that means we're at the mercy of external events. Surely there must be a shut-off facility, some kind of stopcock. Good luck finding that. You'd have to locate the pipes or whatever. I've never found any. Like I say, it was all set up long before I arrived. There's probably some ancient plumbing somewhere. Bill thought for a while. Wait. What if I could dramatically reduce the flow of love coming from people inside Hornet Heaven? The internal source. Would that save the system from being flooded? In theory, yes. Then that's the way forward. I wouldn't need to locate any pipes. But how would you reduce the flow? I don't know. Maybe I could just say or do something here in Hornet Heaven that makes people love Watford less. I say, any idea what? Bill hurriedly got up from his chair and headed for the door. Not yet, but at least I know now what I have to do. I have to find a way to get the residents of Hornet Heaven to love Watford less. In the next hour or so... Bill hurried back to the programme office expecting to find Derek and Henry still there. Instead, he found Derek with Daisy Meriden. The teenagers were standing awkwardly a yard apart. The boy was blushing. Bill had the distinct impression he might have interrupted something. Oh, hello, Daisy. Hello, babes. You all right? Bill knew that Derek had held a torch for Daisy since she'd arrived in Hornet Heaven three years earlier. He wondered if impending doom was finally prompting the boy to act on his long-suppressed romantic impulses. But there wasn't time for any of that now. If I'm totally honest, I've had better days, young lady. Look, could you do me a big favour? Could you go and find Henry and ask him to join us? Sure. No problem, babes. When Daisy had gone, Bill cautiously approached Derek. The news that today was probably the last day that they'd be Watford fans, that their souls were about to be cast into an oblivion of eternal nothingness, understandably seemed to have hit the boy hard. Bill said gently, Are you all right, my boy? Derek started tidying some programmes. Not really, sir. I expect you're feeling a little bit frightened. Derek nodded. 
Bill looked at the boy who'd been his assistant for the last 16 years in Hornet Heaven, his friend and companion, his son, as good as. Do you, um, would you feel better for a hug, my boy? Derek nodded again. But I was hoping it wouldn't be from you, if I'm honest, sir. Bill was wondering how to take this when Henry arrived through the door. He closed the door and they all sat down together. Bill explained as quickly as he could what he'd discovered from looking at Roy's computer. He concluded, The upshot is this. We need to make Hornet Heaven residents love Watford less, so I need ideas. What could I tell people to make them instantly fall out of love with Watford? Hit me. Ah, super. What fun. I love banter like this. We should get Ray-Bans and Hipster involved. Right, I know. I'd tell people Walter Mazzari was coming back. Ha! Wasn't he terrible? Ha-ha! <laughs> Henry, please, this is deadly serious. Let me rephrase the question. What could the club actually do in real life that would make you genuinely stop supporting Watford? Derek and Henry gave this some proper thought. Um, relocate to Udine and become Udinese B for real, sir. Aha! I get it now. Or relocate to Milton Keynes. Both of those are good. What else? I don't know, sir. Merge with another team, sir. Merge with... Huh? Them from up the... Good Lord! Don't you dare even say it, young man. Brilliant, my boy. Hearing that news would definitely be a deal-breaker for Watford fans. The Hornet love dial would hang limply at zero. No. This is going too far. We couldn't tell people that. This is a heaven, not a hell. But it would be for people's own good, Mr Grover, sir. We'd be saving their lives, or rather their afterlives. Obviously, sir. No. I'm the father of the club, and I simply couldn't countenance. This is an emergency, Henry. We have to be pragmatic. No. We have to uphold standards. But the situation we're in is life or death, Mr Grover, sir. Or after life or death. Wait. Or is it death or death? Oh, oh. Whatever. I just want to still exist tomorrow, sir. Oh, my God. I just glitched. I'm about to die. Derek jumped out of his chair and ran out of the office in panic. Henry looked rather shaken by the glitch. He said to Bill, Look, um, maybe we shouldn't get too worked up, old thing. This might all have blown over by later tonight. We're bound to lose to United, so the world will lose interest in Watford and Hornet Heaven will survive to live another day. Plenty more days. Forevermore. I'm sure this is all a, a false alarm. Everything's going to be fine. At that moment, Roy from IT burst through the door. Bill, the levels have hit absolute maximum. There must have been a flattering pre-match preview in the papers or on the telly. The people out there love Watford more than ever. Hornet Heaven could crash out of existence at any moment. Henry stared at Roy. He turned and stared at Bill. Then he ran out of the office as well. Out in the atrium, Henry rushed to the yellow leather sofas. He clambered up onto one. The situation was now so urgently critical that he had to take matters into his own hands as the father of the club. He had to do whatever it took. He shouted out, Everyone, listen to me. I've got terrible news. Watford Football Club is merging with Luton. A few fans turned round and looked at him. One said, Cobblers. It's true. We're merging. I've heard. Have you heard? 
In Hornet Heaven, we don't have any contact with the land of the living between matches. Um, it says so in the programme. Today's United programme. The programme ain't in yet. You're making it up. Bugger. Right, then I'll tell you something I definitely know. Um, yes, this. I've always been a secret Luton fan. I founded the club as an offshoot of Luton Town. I tricked you all by calling it Watford Rovers. This club is actually Luton in disguise. Hey, come back! It's the truth! You've got to believe me! You've got to despise me! You've got to hate our club! Give it a rest, mate! We're about to beat United and make it five wins on the trot. How could anyone hate Watford right now? Henry climbed down off the sofa. We will take what? This is the end. This is actually it. At the same moment, Derek was at the other end of the atrium, hiding between two rows of programme shelves. He was about to die again. Everyone he knew and loved was about to die again. Deep, terrified sobs leapt out of him. Daisy heard him and found him. She approached him. Despite their three Halloween dances, it was only recently that Derek had been brave enough to actually start talking to Daisy. But she was aware he had feelings for her. She stood in front of him and put a hand on his shoulder as he cried. His shoulders heaved as he sobbed. She lifted a hand and touched his cheek. Derek looked her in the eye. He blurted, I'm going to die. Any moment now. Daisy had no idea what had brought on this extreme behaviour. She said nothing. With her forefinger, she gently stroked away one of the streams of tears. I'm going to die, and I've never even been kissed. Daisy moved her forefinger to his lips to hush him. Then she leaned forward. Derek looked at her lips. He held his breath. He was trembling. Daisy leaned further forward. Then... Programs in! Suddenly there was a rush of footsteps towards the shelves. Dozens of Watford fans appeared at the end of the row to fetch themselves the United program. Excuse us, young lovers. We got a game to go to. Daisy stepped away from Derek. Derek bowed his head. In the centre of the atrium, Derek and Daisy arrived from the programme shelves. Bill arrived from the programme office. They gathered around Henry, who was sitting on one of the yellow sofas with his head in his hands. Henry looked up. Bill, Derek and Henry looked at each other with the unspoken knowledge that if Watford beat Manchester United, it was the last time they'd see each other. Daisy was holding four programmes for the game. She said, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but, like, we've got a game to go to. Bill, Henry and Derek didn't move. Come on, guys. It'll feel amazing if we beat United. We'll be so loved up. Bill shuddered at Daisy's choice of phrase. He said, I'm sorry, Daisy, but I'm afraid that today I don't want Watford to win. What? Me too, Miss Daisy Miss. Me too, old girl. Wow! Me not just spun. You want us to lose our 100% record? It feels terrible. But for the first time in 137 years since I founded the club, I want us to lose.
But why? To be honest, Daisy, we're being selfish. Really, we should sacrifice our own interests and want the right thing for the club, for the community of fans in the land of the living, but... But what? But, uh, come on, United. Come on, United. Come on, United. Bill, Derek and Henry sat in the Sir Elton John stand behind the dugouts. Daisy had refused to sit with them if they were supporting United. She'd gone elsewhere in the stadium. From his seat, Bill noticed there were several TV cameras around the pitch. The game was being shown live all over the world. There was an audience of millions waiting to love Watford. Bill tried to put this out of his mind. Watford started the game well. Derek said, All three of us have watched every single Watford match in history, sir. And Mr Grover, sir. But this is looking like the last game we'll ever see. It's the end of our own 100% record, sir. Bill and Henry nodded gravely. Henry said, It's my last game. And I'm having to support a team wearing shirts the colour of babysick. There couldn't be a worse way to go. Troy Deeney had a shot from the edge of the box at the Vicarage Road end. United's keeper, De Gea, tipped it over the bar. Suddenly, the match froze. Oh, golly. The system's flooding. The watching world must be loving what they're seeing. We're done for. Come on, United. Come on, United. Come on, United. In the 35th minute, Romelu Lukaku scored for United, brushing the ball home at the far post. Bill, Derek and Henry instinctively got to their feet, but they managed to hold back any raucous cheers. They looked around discreetly before fist-bumping. Three minutes later, Chris Smalling hooked the ball into Watford's net for United's second. Bill, Derek and Henry began to feel a little safer. It allowed their natural loyalty to Watford to resurface. Do you think it's all right to hope that Watford pull one back, sir? Or would it bring about our catastrophic demise, sir? Well... There haven't been any glitches for a while, I suppose. Good. Come on, you horns! Derek, careful, young man. In the second half, after 65 minutes, Watford did pull one back. Andre Gray scored from an Abdelida Kouré cutback. Oh, golly. The worldwide love for Watford is back. Be brave, my friends. We're on the edge of destruction. Crikey! That was a close thing. For the next half hour, Watford had the best of the game. They gave it everything. The crowd were right behind the horns. Derek said, I'm sorry, sir. I can't do this anymore. The club I love deserves my full support, sir. Look at the way we're playing. I know what you mean, my boy. But, 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 but... Oh, golly. I've just glitched. I don't care, sir. If we've got to go, we should go in the right way, sir. Supporting Watford to the absolute end. The father of the club looked at Derry. The boy is absolutely right. I can't finish my afterlife supporting another team. I'm Watford. Till I die. Again. He stood up and said, Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. You are...
Bill stood up and said, Though wise men at their end know dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. You owns, Derek stood up and said, Grave men near death who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. You owns. Watford continued to give it everything. In the last minute of added time, United's Nemanja Matic was sent off for a foul on Will Hughes not far outside the area in front of the Graham Taylor stand. Hughes readied himself to swing the free kick into the box. Oh my God, sir! This is amazing, sir! We could equalise here! Yes, but grabbing a last-minute point against United will make the world adore Watford. This could be the last thing we ever see. Gentlemen, Henry, in the middle of the three, took Derek's hand. He took Bill's hand. It's been wonderful, knowing you. They watched as Hughes's free kick curved into the box. Christian Cabaselli climbed high and got in a header. The ball flew towards the top corner. The match froze. When the match didn't start again, Bill, Derek and Henry looked at each other. I say, what's going on? Is that it? Has Hornet Heaven crashed? Golly, I don't know. You didn't say it would be like this, sir. Are we going to be trapped in this frozen game forever, sir? Not knowing what happened next? Are we going to spend eternity here? Wondering what might have been, sir? The three of them waited, surrounded by the silent, static, real-world crowd. But the action didn't restart. After a while, teenage Derek got bored. He went onto the pitch to have a wander round. Bill and Henry decided to do the same. Many other Hornet Heaven residents came onto the pitch too. They had no idea what was going on. They asked Bill. Bill informed them calmly. There's a technical problem. Roy from IT will find a fix for it soon. With a bit of luck. Bill, Henry and Derek went to the rookery and penalty area where the players were posed like figures in a tableau. Cabaselli was staring at the ball he'd just headed, mouth agape in hope. Deanie, Gray and Success were fiercely fixated on the ball, seemingly willing it into the net. A trio of United defenders, Fellaini, Smalling and Bailly, were half-turned staring back at their goal in what looked like terror. It was like a spot-the-ball photograph, except that the ball was visible, suspended in mid-air, on its way towards goal. Henry said, You know, I could probably live with this. Being trapped at a frozen game for the rest of all time, you mean? No, this scene in the goal-mouth, old thing. I could live with it as a memento of having supported Watford. I mean, look what's here. A magnificently developed stadium, rather splendid striped shirts, a team with a 100% record to date, a performance that's been full of fight and character, and Manchester United, terrified that we're about to prove we're their equals. I'll take all that as a permanent souvenir of the love I've had. Bill looked at the scene. 
he saw what Henry meant. Throughout their afterlives, they'd enjoyed the ability to go and watch any Watford game they wanted. Relive every game. Feel every game. But if they could only have one still image, this might do. Well, I guess this is it then. This is us. For all time. Henry nodded solemnly. A tear slipped down Derek's cheek. Suddenly, though, there was a noise. Bill, Derek and Henry turned to watch as the match action restarted, in slow motion at first. The ball continued towards goal. United's keeper, De Gea, took off to his left. De Gea stretched. De Gea fingertipped the ball past the post. Derek shouted, Saved! After the United defeat, Derek scampered off to look for Daisy. Bill and Henry climbed up the grand atrium staircase to the IT department. They weren't as bullish as Derek had been at the match that they were out of peril. They wanted to know if the levels of Hornet love flowing into Hornet heaven were still dangerously high. Roy welcomed them in. He pushed his spectacles higher and peered at his computer screen. It wasn't good news. Oh, both dials are still at maximum, I'm afraid. You mean the external flow hasn't gone down at all? People down in the real world must have loved how the team played in defeat. Oh, no. And they'll probably feel even more love after the match. There'll be glowing match reports. Javi Grazia will smile modestly and charmingly. Oh, golly. A Troy Deeney post-match interview could be the thing that finishes us off. Henry sighed heavily. Fair play, I suppose. If you have to lose a game, that's how you should lose it. Gentlemen, I was proud to be a horn today. Today and always. Henry left the room and went and stood outside. Bill followed. They stood together at a balcony rail, looking down on the main part of the atrium several floors below. Bill said... You sound as if you've reached some kind of closure, Henry. I think I have, old thing. If my story has to end here, it's ending in a good place. They gazed at the deceased Watford fans and former players milling about happily down below, despite the defeat to United. They saw Johnny Allgood, Ralph Thorpe, the former alderman, Fred Pagnum, Freddie Sargent, Lamper, no one down there knew what Bill and Henry knew about the continuing danger levels in Hornet Heaven. It was probably best they didn't know. Henry spotted Derek, with Daisy, chatting by the programme shelves on the ground floor. Henry asked Bill, And what about your young assistant, old chap? I'm not sure he's reached any kind of closure. Bill saw the teenagers take a step closer to each other. They moved closer still. Briefly, tenderly, Derek and Daisy kissed. Bill could see the smile on Derek's face from several floors above. But Bill had a far bigger smile himself. Henry said, And you, old sport, you loveliest of all old things. How are you feeling? Bill looked down and reflected for a moment. I think I'm ready, Henry. Watford was a big part of my life down on earth, and all of my afterlife up here. But being a Watford fan isn't about the individual. 
It's not about whether I was personally at a game or how I feel about a result. It's about enjoying being part of a special community of people with special values. A diverse group, unified by the love of one thing. And golly, have I enjoyed being part of that group, Henry. If my time's at an end, it's at an end. The club, the group, will go on. Henry was silent for a while. Then he managed to say, And what would you miss, oh, pal, if our souls end up elsewhere, far from Watford, in some other kind of afterlife? The programmes, obviously. You, Derek, everyone in the group, really. And the match days. Oh, the match days, Henry. The excitement, the noise, the colour. The yellow shirts and the black shorts. Red shorts, Bill, surely. Red shorts. Bill smiled. He wrapped an arm around his old friend's shoulder. Together they laughed looking down from on high at the ghosts of Watford lovers below. <laughs> the End